Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Have you ever been on a uh, road trip or a vacation where you're driving there uh, to whatever destination you have and along the way you get hungry? Has anybody been there? Like you're driving, you've been driving for a while and you just, you get hungry. Happens a lot when Chris and I travel. It's, uh, uh, we got a place, we go to North Carolina a lot and it's like a 14, 15 hour trip that we drive there. You can't really fly there. It's um, on the outskirts of North Carolina. And, and when we're driving there, we always get hungry upon the way. And it's not like, hey, here's a granola bar type of hungry. And hopefully this will do. Like, it is, like, you're hungry, right? Like, we get hungry, and I gotta be real with you. When, when we're driving, it seems like out of the state of Indiana, I feel like the, the world of food is at my fingertips. Like, we're driving along, and, and I, can, I feel like I could have any type of food that I want. Most of the time, we take interstates where, where we go, and... But here's what happens more often than not when we're driving and we're going down the road and we're hungry, specifically me, I get hungry. Instead of looking to find that really good place to eat, this like, you know, whether it be the hole in the wall or, or something that you maybe caught from like the travel channel that you know you just need to stop at, we, here's what we do. We settle, we settle on fast food right off the interstate exits. Anybody there? Anybody there with me that do that? Yeah, like, you're going along, you're hungry, and lo and behold, here you stop at McDonald's for a number one with a Coke, right? Or if we're lucky enough, we Googled it quick enough, we'll, we'll stop it uh, for, for God's chicken, Chick-fil-A, you know, and uh, hopefully. But anybody feel me? Like when we're driving uh, and I get hungry in my head, what in my head and, and as I'm driving, what, what goes on is like soon and very soon, I'm gonna get this amazing barbecue where the smoke ring is so evident on the brisket where, where they're, they serve this delicious banana pudding. Can I get a witness? Anybody else banana pudding people? Gene, I know if you're watching, we, me and Gene have had the like pinnacle banana pudding at Jim and Nick's. Okay, just putting that out there, barbecue joint. Not around here at all, but man. See, that's what goes on in my head. I'm gonna get this incredible meal, but here's what happens. We settle. We settle for something far less than what is going on in my head. We settle because, well, let's just be real. We're tired and we wanna keep going with our journey, so we want something quick and easy. We get distracted. I mean, all of a sudden you're driving down the road and you see on the interstate sign that the, the restaurants are coming up and you see like, oh, there's Wendy's. Of course, I, gotta, I, I need to stop at Wendy's. And I, I get distracted with what is right in front of me and I take that exit and we go there. And Now, fast food, if you eat it a couple times a month, sure, it, you're, you're gonna be fine, but a constant diet of fast food like Taco Bell, Nick, wherever you're at. You've ate Taco Bell three days in a row this week, right? Calling you out. See, a constant diet like that, 
Obviously, it's not going to bode well for your body, right? But here's what I thought with this. In this season, we cannot afford, we cannot afford to make fast food decisions when the delicacies of God's will lives right in front of us. We cannot settle for fast food decisions when God is offering the delicacies of his will. Like when you get frustrated, when you're tired, when you feel deflated, there are many times, I know for myself, that I settle for something far less than God's best for my life. Because here's what what happens. Something inferior always seems reasonable when I doubt God's best for my life. Anybody there? Am I preaching to uh, an empty room this morning? Okay, hey, hey, thanks, Pastor Brax. Hey, thanks. You need to talk out. You need to help everybody else this morning. (laughs) He said, teach these kids a few things. How many of you guys are kids here this morning? I feel like I'm a kid. Okay, they're, they're not with us. Many times, I'm going to say it again, many times we settle for something less than God's best for our lives because something inferior always seems reasonable when I doubt God's best. Woo! Now I want to give you the title of my message this morning. If you've been on our Instagram platform, you, you already saw the title, but turn to somebody next to you and give them the, uh, the message title this morning, Don't Settle. Go ahead, look at somebody, maybe a little crazy eye, look at them and say, Don't Settle. Now turn to your second choice and apologize to them that they weren't your first choice and give them the sermon title now. (laughs) Don't settle. Don't settle. Somebody said, wow. (laughs) We're going to look at a story today found in Numbers chapter 32. You can kind of flip there in your Bible, but I want to give you some backstory before we even go there. So don't feel like you need to rush to get to Numbers chapter 32. We're going to pick up a story where there was a group of people who settled, who settled for something far less than God's best for their lives. But here's the backstory. See, God, God has his people in the Old Testament, it's the Israelites. And they were enslaved in Egypt to a man named Pharaoh for over 400 years, 400 years. And this was, this was hard times, many of you know this story. This was hard times for them. There was no hope, there were no dreams. They were stuck in this slavery for over 400 years and they thought there was no hope of getting out. There was no hope of them escaping. They cried out to God for a deliver. deliver. God hears them, answers their prayer, sends them a deliverer, a guy by the name of Moses, and God sets his people free. God sets his people free. And here's God's plan. He wanted to take them out of Egypt, into Canaan, the promised land, okay? You wanna take them out of Egypt into Canaan, the promised land. Say it with me, out of Egypt into Canaan, the promised land, right? Y'all with me? And as I thought about that, I wrote down this thought. Anytime God brings you out of something, Anytime God brings you out of something, he will always take you into something of his will. When he takes you out of something, he will always bring you into something. 
See, people can get excited because they come out of something, but you will never be fulfilled until you step into what God has for you. And they come out of 400 years of slavery. And can you imagine what that must have felt like? I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, can you imagine how amazing that day was? 400 years of systemic slavery. And then all of a sudden they're free? Like, I'm sure there was singing going on. I'm sure there was dancing. I'm, I'm, shoot, if TikTok was around, I'm sure they would have made some crazy TikTok dance videos. Can I get a witness, right? I'm sure of it. They were given high fives, but once they, once they were rescued out of there, it was a 14-day journey from Egypt into Canaan, the promised land. How many days? 14, yeah. 14 days, so it's 14 days, and guess what? They get to the edge of the promised land. They arrived, and Moses, what does he do? He sends 12 spies out to kind of get a lay of the land to do some research, reconnaissance, and 12 spies come back. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, they come back and says, you know what, we can do this. God is with us. He's been with us before, he's gonna be with us now. We are gonna go, let's not stay here any longer, let's go and take this land. 10 of the other spies said, um, no, thank you. No, 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 we're, we're not going. I don't know what they're feeding those Canaanite people, but they are massive and we are like grasshoppers in their sights. 10 of them said, no, we are grasshoppers in their sights. And I started to think about this too. I, I was doing a little bit of research. It's such an interesting point. They didn't, the, the enemy didn't call them grasshoppers. The enemy didn't call them grasshoppers. They called themselves grasshoppers. See, when you have a wrong view of God, when you have a wrong view of God, you'll have a wrong view of yourself. And I've been there so many times. They thought they were grasshoppers. They said, there's no way that God can do this. By the way, let's just hit the pause button for a second. This is 14 days after the great rescue. Like 14 days where God shows his awesome power, sends 10 plagues to Pharaoh to change his mind. They, they, they escape, they, they, they reach to the Red Sea, they hear the enemy's footsteps behind them trying to overtake them. What does God do? He, he parts the Red Sea so, so that the, the Israelites can walk right through, not even getting their Old Testament crocs wet. Like, come on. <laughs> As they're walking through, Get this, they, they, they're seeing the, the first aqua, uh, aquarium in human history, right? 14 days earlier, God is amazing. This is incredible. We serve an amazing God. 14 days later, no way, no way God can do this. No way, there's no way. These people are massive. We are like grasshoppers. Y'all seeing this? Here's what happens. Because of the negative reports of the 10, doubt begins to spread through the entire community. And so they begin to doubt God's best for their lives. And they settle. We're gonna see that they settle for something far less than what God had promised. Now let's put this into our own lives because I think about this. And how many times do we get fired up for God doing the incredible miracles around us, right? We see it, we experience it, and we're like, God, you are so great. You are so awesome. I'm gonna serve you for all of my days. 
But then time goes on, and how many times do we forget the, the incredible work that God has done? And we forget, and we, we begin to settle. See, there, this community began to forget the ways that God moved for them. I mean, shoot, 14 days earlier. And the enemy, he, there are people that the enemy is trying to get to settle right now. I, I, I believe it. The enemy is trying to get you to settle, and he's trying to get you to think that the problem is front, in, in front of you is way bigger than what God can handle. So doubt spread among this community, and this wasn't just 50 or 100 people, 500 people, no. It was a million plus people, 10 spies, 10 of them, 10 of them spread this negativity throughout the million people without an Instagram account, without an email blast. And I started to think, well, how did they do that? How? And started to think, I, I know, negativity, negativity is more contagious than COVID, right? Whew. You ever been around somebody negative for any time period and what that does to your soul and to your mind? I stood on this platform a couple months ago and said, shoot, like I've been negative. It's been a hard season. And so whoever I'm talking to, staff, like, man, I'm, I'm sorry for my negativity. As I was, as I was praying over this, it kind of God pointed me out in this. Negativity is contagious. And so they settled. There's a sure way to discourage the desire to press on to God's promise. Be around people who are content with where they are, who give negative reports to the future and say, no, 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 you're better right here than over there. It's always easier in our minds to settle to the point where they started to judge the leaders, the ones who brought back the good report, Caleb and Joshua. Look in, um, I think it's Numbers chapter 14. Well, I told you to turn to Numbers 32, but you can look in Numbers chapter 14 with me. Verse four, it says, and they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Like, I read that and I'm like, uh, really? You wanna go back to Egypt? You wanna go back? Why? That's your plan? See, they wanted to go back to normal what they thought was normal, even though normal was toxic in their life, even though normal was being bound in slavery. And we look at it on this side of the Bible and we think, seriously, that's on the table right now? You wanna go back? You wanna go back to Egypt? Are you kidding me? You wanna go back into slavery? They were brick makers? Like, come on, why? And I often think that the reason why we do this, we, we tend to glorify, we tend to romanticize our past. And the enemy, he would love to get you to go back. He would love to get you to go back. He'll remind you of the good times that you had, maybe some good laughs, 
but he won't remind you. He won't remind you of the tears and the desperation that you've cried out to God when you're in traffic and you have your hands on the steering wheel saying, God, give me a fresh start. God, I need your miraculous power in my life. The enemy won't remind you of that. He won't remind you that God did come through for you. He heard your prayer. He heard your cry. And he came and, 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 and he was upon your life. The enemy won't remind you that. He wants to get you to go back. Go back to what? There's nothing for you back there. And so God, he looked at this group of people and he said, fine, because you're complaining, because of your, your unbelief, you can go wander for 40 some years and their bodies would literally be covered upon, upon the hillside or, or in, in the desert. It would literally scatter till a new generation rose up and believed God. You know, there, there will be hard times when you follow God. There'll be hard times when you do it, on, do it on your own, but the difference between the two is God is always gonna give you a way out of it. A lot of us feel dry spiritually, like we're in this dry space um, spiritually, like a wilderness, and and what happens is we miss out on what God has for us. We miss out on what God has for us when we are living outside of his will for us. Finally, let's go to Numbers chapter 32. Let's pick up the story here. Now, this is the second time. Everybody, give me a number two. Second time. This is the second time that they had come to the edge of the promised land some 40 years later. Sure, they've heard songs about it, but now they, were, they, they are literally there. They, they, they have reached the promised land. They are on the edge, and the 12 tribes come to the east side of the Jordan, and all they have to do is cross the Jordan River to enter in. And they're gonna experience everything that God has called them to. Numbers chapter 32, verse one, look what it says. The tribes of Reuben and Gad, who had very large herds and flocks, saw that the lands of Jazer, not to be confused for Jay-Z, and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar the priests and to the leaders of the community and said, the land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable for livestock and your servants have livestock. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Whew. And Moses, nah, he was like, heavens no. This is exactly what your parents did some 40 years later. We are not going back around this mountain again, right? And then let's look in verse 19 as I flip over to my next page here. Verse 19 of 32. It says, we will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the, of the Jordan because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan. Whew. How often do we try to convince God where our inheritance ought to be instead of where God told us it would be? Where did God tell them to go? Say Canaan, the promised land. Thank you. Where did God say the promise was? Canaan, the promised land. Come on, say it. 
See, the, the tribe of Gad steps back and said, you know, we know this isn't God's preferred place for us, but if it's cool with you, we're just gonna stay right here on the east side instead of following everybody else into the promised land. Jump with me to verse 40. It says, Moses told the, oh, no, but that, that's not it. That's not it. That was in 30. Verse 40, here we go. Moses gave Gilead to them. And these next four words scared me, absolutely scared me. And they settled there. And they settled there. To come so far. Why did they settle? Why did they settle? Well, I think it's a lot of the same reasons that you and I settle in this life. That God has a promise for each and every one of us, the Bible says. But oftentimes we come so far in our journey with Christ to settle short of God's full blessing upon our lives. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, they were tired. Tribes of Reuben and Gad, they, they were tired, y'all. Like, good grief, some 40 years in the wilderness, in the desert with the same Crocs on, like no washer or dryer? Come on, that sounds like a miserable time. I don't know, that, that, that's me. Like, I can barely wear the same shirt for 12 hours in a day but without changing. 40 years? They had so many animals with them. They had a lot of kids with them. 40 years in the desert. I mean, there are some days where I drive over to South Bend and I think, man, this is a long drive. 40 years? They were tired. They've been traveling for, for so long. They, and they knew that to keep going, to keep going meant that they were gonna spend more time. To keep going into the promised man meant more energy. To keep going into the promised land meant that, that they were gonna have to use more resources, they were gonna have to fight more battles. And so, verse one, they, they, they get to verse one in chapter 32, and it's like, ah, this land is good. Translation, it'll do. Like, we know it's not God's preferred home for us, but you know what, it'll do. See, check it. When, you, when your judgment is thrown off, you'll settle for anything. Like I'm tired, I'm driving down the road. Sure, McDonald's looks good. See, let me say it this way. Fatigue leads to frustration. And frustration always leads you to settle for something inferior. Some of you may need to take a picture of that, write it down. Fatigue leads to frustration. Frustration always leads you to settling for something inferior. When you're tired, and most of us are, the number one answer to the questions right now, like how you doing, what is it? You could probably guess, how you doing? Tired. Gosh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Me too, right? Like, I'm tired of all this COVID. I'm tired the way our world looks right now. 
tired of the season that we're in, tired of the effects of last year. Like everyone is tired. But I wanna remind you that this, is, this place that we're in right now, this season is not our final destination. I'm telling you, depression, worry, weary, whatever it looks like, it doesn't have to be a life sentence over you. That, that I'm tired of walking through these valleys, but man, I need to be reminded, and maybe you do as well, that we have a God who walks beside us through the valleys. In the valleys, God says that I do not have to fear evil. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 40. If you have your Bibles, flip there with me. It says, listen, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength. He gives strength to the weary. That's for you and increases the power of the weak. Even youth, yes, students, grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Some of us needed to hear that today. If you're tired, this verse is for you and you need to claim it over your life. Circle it in your, in, in, in your Bible. Click it on your Bible app. Save it. Don't settle. Just because you're tired, don't settle short of God's promise. See, why did they settle? They were tired. Point number two, they got distracted. The Bible says that without vision, people perish. You have to have vision for your life. You have to vi have vision for the future, vision for your life. Now, here's the problem with vision. Vision leaks. You ever been super motivated for something, but you got distracted? I'll give you a sneak peek into my life. Um, every now and again, I have these really great ideas. Hey, I'm gonna start running. I know it's good for me, Doctor says that I need to exercise daily. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but I should start running. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start Monday. I'll start Monday. You wake up Monday morning. Nah, I'm going to start next Monday. Or, hey, I'm going to eat clean. Gene knows this. Pastor Gene knows this. I come in and I have my little baggie that, that Krista has made. Or like, it has some vegetables made up for me. It's like, I'm going to start eating healthy. It's a good idea. I should probably do it. I have high cholesterol. Whatever. I should do this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like Thursday in the middle of the week. And it's like, I'm hungry. And it's like, you know what? I should go to Wendy's for a four for four for lunch. Right? And, and I should probably get chili along the side of it, right? I mean, come on. And I get distracted. I lose focus. And that's what the Israelites here were doing. They got distracted. They lost focus. By what, you might ask? You might have missed it. It was in verse 1. Let's look at verse 1 again. It says, the tribe of Reuben and Gad, who had a very large herds. Y'all see that? Large herds saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were suitable for livestock. 
That's why they stayed in Gilead, which is not the promised land. He said, we have large herds suitable for us, for us to stay here. Let's stay over here instead of going into God's promise. Over here. And I did some research. Where in the world did they get these, all these animals, all these large herds? They got them from previous battles that God gave them victory over. So you're telling me that what was holding them back was a blessing from God? And now that blessing is keeping them from entering into Canaan, the promised land? See, the question is, isn't whether God wants to bless you. The question is, can you handle the blessing when it comes to you? Or will that, ble- uh, that blessing be a stumbling block for you to follow God in the future? The question isn't whether God wants to bless you. What are you gonna do with that blessing? For the tribe of Gad, well, it was a stumbling block for them. Ah, this, this land is big enough. Let's settle here. Suitable for us. They said, oh, it looks good, but can I tell you that the enemy is doing everything he can right now to get you to settle short of God's promise in your life. Isn't it crazy that the enemy schemes, literally in Numbers chapter 14, verse four, They said to each other, you know what? We should choose another leader and go back to Egypt. The enemy tried to get them to go back to Egypt. The enemy tried to get them to go back to their past. And and when that didn't work, now fast forward to our current text. Here's what the enemy wants you to do. Uh, You can either go back, you can stay here, but anything, mm -mm, anything to get you from entering into the promised land. It's like, go back to your past or stay here. And, that, and it's that mindset that we get distracted. God is taking too long. I've been following him far too long. And I'm not into his promise yet. He hasn't revealed it to me. But if I can tell you, do not make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. The enemy is trying to get you to throw in the towel, wave the white flag, to settle where you're at, to try to keep you from jumping on a serve team here at church, or shoot, even just to get you to come to church, because we get distracted, but let this truth this morning be your sounding alarm that mine went off at 5.45 a.m. this morning. Boop, 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 snooze. Let this be your sounding alarm. You cannot get distracted in this season. You're tired, we all are, but we cannot lose sight of God's promise over our life. Focus on the promise that God has for you because you feel like you might face this, this immovable situation or this circumstance, don't settle there. Don't settle for what is in that moment. God really does have a Canaan for you. Why did they settle? I wanna close with this thought, number three is this, they lost hope. They got tired, they got distracted, they lost hope. They lost hope. And I know some of us are already there. You might say, Jordan, you don't know my story. You don't know what we've been through. You don't know what I've been through. 
See, the tribe of Gad, they settled, and they were so close. Like literally on the edge of everything that they had searched for, everything that they had journeyed for. I'm sure as, as the people, the other tribes crossed over the Jordan, I'm sure the tribe of Gad could have heard the, the shouts of praise coming on their doorstep. I'm sure they could see them from their windows crossing over into the promised land. Some of you are so close and you're wanting to settle now because you haven't reached what you thought. Gad's inheritance wasn't God's inheritance. They just settled. They quit too early. There's hope for you. It's not gonna be on the screen, but I wanna read you Romans 8, chapter 8, 24 through 25. It says, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, get this, we wait for it patiently. What may be right now will not be in your future if you hope in Jesus. He's able to do more than you can ever think and ask for. And I wanna remind you today that if you feel tired, if you feel distracted, this season is not your destiny. Don't settle for being tired. Don't settle for less than God's best in your life. Don't go back, don't settle. Can we say in this season that God, regardless of what is going on in my life, what happens in my life that I refuse to settle? Maybe it's a, something you need to write on your lock screen, have it on, have it on your lock screen, take a picture of it, put it on your lock screen of your phone, don't settle. Make a note, put it in your Bible. Make a note, put it on your bathroom mirror. I'm not gonna quit, I'm not gonna give up. God, I'm gonna keep grabbing on to your truth. Don't let Gad's inheritance be your inheritance. We gotta stop dressing up Gilead, our Gileads in our life, decorating it as Canaan, the promised land. It doesn't work like that. Gilead will never look like Canaan, the promised land in your life unless you walk into the promised land that God has for you. Let's pray this morning all over this place. Would you bow your heads if you're online right now? Let's bow your heads, close your eyes with us. God, thank you for this moment and the truth, this beautiful promise that you have over each and every one of our lives. God, right now, I pray over my friends in this space. Pray for those online right now, Jesus. God, remind us of your promise. That we would be reminded of who you are in our lives. That we wouldn't grow weary, tired. God, I pray against distractions in our life that would cause us to say, you know what? I'm good right here. God, give us hope again. Holy Spirit, come into our lives. Remind us of the hope that we cling to. 
God, you're not done with us yet. I believe it. God, you're not done with us yet. There's more to this life that you're calling us to, God. So I ask that you would give us an extra amount of momentum to overcome the desire to settle in our lives. I prayed over all this community here. And all God's people said, amen. What's the title? Don't settle. Are we gonna settle? No. Stop dressing up your Gilead as the promised land. Step out of it. Walk into the promise that you have for your life. It's not gonna be easy. It's like what I talked about last week. We need each other. We need each other. But let's do it together, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.